Hello, friends. Welcome to the Functional Nurse Practitioner Podcast. I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner who specializes in women's health, utilizing both conventional and functional medicine strategies in order to provide a more comprehensive approach for optimal health. The current model of care in healthcare is very lacking, which led me down the road of functional medicine. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach which looks at uncovering the root cause for the symptoms we're having in order to allow for healing versus simply applying a Band-Aid to the situation. I believe we need an integrative approach of both conventional and functional medicine in order to provide the best care possible. I've been incorporating functional medicine practices within my gynecology practice and have seen phenomenal results. I believe we need to level up our healthcare system so women, all my ladies out there, can actually feel better. Just a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or be a substitute for medical advice from your practitioner. Also, if you like what you hear on this show, I would be real appreciative if you would leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from and subscribe to the show. Okay, on to today's episode. Oftentimes at the start of a new year, We may feel motivated to exercise or eat healthier. We may have a weight loss goal in mind. Maybe we're planning to try Whole30 or Veganuary. Maybe we're going to try our hand at meal prepping. We may have decided to jump all in on something we saw on TikTok or Instagram. We may start the year off with a plan in mind and then find we're having difficulty sticking with it. Maybe we've done this before have a plan at the start of the year, year after year, and somehow we're left feeling like we failed. We stopped doing the thing that was supposed to help us lose weight. The latest and the greatest diet trend that's all the rage doesn't work for us. We're left feeling like we are the problem. I think we have all been there. Lord knows I have. I wanted to kick off the new year discussing ways we can optimize our health. We often don't think about our overall health. Instead, we think about what the number on the scale says. In my practice, I work with a lot of women, wonderful women, many of which have shared they feel like they're on a continuous cycle of dieting, losing weight, gaining it back, maybe even gaining more weight back. Many of my patients initially come to see me for weight loss guidance. If our goal is weight loss, we're missing the mark. If our goal is weight loss, we will be on a perpetual diet cycle throughout our lives. A cycle filled with stress, exhaustion, inadequacy, and failure. I say this not because I don't think you can do it. I know you can. If the goal is weight loss, our eye is not on the prize. If our goal is optimal health, weight loss, or rather healthy weight, will be a side effect. I'm going to give you my top seven strategies to improve your health. I will preface this by saying, I believe we need all of these seven, not just to pick one or two of them and run. Then, we will get into supplements that can be very beneficial 
as an adjunct to these seven key strategies. If you're only interested in supplements and not looking to make any lifestyle and mindset changes, you will be on a road that will not lead to optimal health. Supplements alone will fail. Okay, let's get into these seven ways to switch our trajectory to a healthier pathway. Number one, establish what your why is. This is vastly important because if your why is simply weight loss, you will not have a strong enough reason to stay consistent on this path. What is your why? Why do you want to embark on this pathway for change? Did you recently have blood work and it showed you have high cholesterol? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you looking to come off of prescription drugs for a chronic disease? Are you looking to reverse your chronic disease? How about playing with your kids or grandkids? Do you have the energy to do this? Are you tired and have a lack of desire to partake in fun events with your family and friends? Do you have anxiety or depression? Do you feel fulfilled? I know that for myself, I needed my why to not simply be weight loss. In my past, I've struggled with weight. I remember my body hurting. I remember feeling so bad about myself. I had doctors tell me to eat less and exercise more. I was very depressed and unsure of what to do and where to start. It wasn't until I shifted my mindset to how can I optimize my health that I began to lose weight. It wasn't until I thought about what could I add into my meals instead of what should I not eat that I started to see real progress. When I established my why, what did I actually want? I wanted to feel better. I wanted to not be out of breath from walking up the stairs. I wanted to have the energy to play with my kids. There are many reasons why we could be battling weight gain, having difficulty with getting the weight off. If you know me, I'm always going to recommend you work with a seasoned practitioner so you can really get into the root cause of what's going on with you. I've talked about this before on the show. My husband was diagnosed with prediabetes and high blood pressure in the beginning of this year. His primary care provider wanted to put him on medication for the blood pressure and told him diet and exercise for the prediabetes. Nobody asked him what kind of exercise or diet he currently had. He came home from his appointment and was very upset. He told me he is not taking any medications. He's going to change things. He asked me what I thought about this. The first thing I wanted to know was what was his fasting insulin. Usually in primary care, for a yearly exam, they'll check your hemoglobin A1c, which is a three-month fasting blood sugar average, and also a fasting blood sugar. They don't typically check fasting insulin. I had his primary check his fasting insulin, and it was high. A number greater than 10, I consider to be high. For optimal fasting, fasting insulin, I'm looking for a level around five. My husband did not embark on this journey to lose weight 
He embarked on this journey to reverse the pre-diabetes and not to progress to diabetes. He embarked on this journey to normalize his blood pressure. He did not want to be on medications. Knowing that his fasting insulin was high helped guide the starting point for his journey. I put him on a time-restricted eating schedule. One strategy with high fasting insulin is to go for longer periods of time without eating. Most people eat every two to three hours. This largely has to do with the quality of foods consumed, as processed foods do not contain adequate fiber and protein. They are hyper-palatable and not satiating. This means you will overconsume processed foods and be hungry soon afterwards. He ate a home-cooked meal every night. I am Italian and I love to cook. But he was eating processed foods the rest of the day. Fast food, snacky foods, diet sodas. His eating window started around 6 a.m. and oftentimes continued all the way to bedtime. That's somewhere like a 17-hour eating window. On average, most people are eating this way, eating constantly throughout the waking hours of the day. We discussed different strategies for time-restricted eating. He wanted to eat the predominance of his calories in the earlier part of the day. A big part of success with a lifestyle change like this is thinking through what matters to you. Consuming his meals in the earlier part of the day meant that we would not share a meal at the end of the day. This may not work for everyone. For us, it worked perfectly, as I'm hungry in the morning and enjoy eating in the earlier part of the day as well. His lifestyle change also changed my daily life. This needs to be factored in. If you're looking to make a change, a true change, your family, your daily life needs to be considered. He removed all processed foods, diet sodas, chips, and the unhealthy processed snacks. He ate two healthy-sized meals a day and a snack. He consumed his meals within an eight-hour window and then fasted until the following day. His meals consisted of foods like eggs, vegetables, fruits, protein, whole grains. He went from hardly eating any vegetables to having vegetables at every meal and a large amount of vegetables. Nutrient-dense foods full of healthy fats, fiber, and protein. Foods to keep him full. Foods to provide satiety. He stayed on this eating schedule for about six months. He is no longer hungry all day long. He tells me this way of eating is easy. He's not as focused anymore on an eating window, just on what he is eating. Getting in nutrient-dense foods. His blood pressure is now optimal. He is no longer pre-diabetic. And his fasting insulin is also optimal. He has more energy. He's happier. Oh, and he lost 63 pounds. What is the secret to his success? 
He knew his why. When we have a solid why, we are grounded. We're able to persevere. While sometimes he misses the junk food, he does not miss the way it made him feel. His mindset shifted to what he wanted rather than what he would be giving up. Number two, increasing consumption of whole plant foods. Plants provide our bodies with necessary phytonutrients. Plants actually have the power to change our cellular information. Cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cabbage, arugula can change our detoxification pathways, change our genetic expression. I consume cruciferous vegetables every day. I put arugula in my smoothie in the morning. I also started growing microgreens. My favorites are broccoli and radish. Big surprise, cruciferous veggies. They're so easy to grow, so much more nutritious than their adult counterparts. My grandson, he's six. He loves my microgreens, especially the radishes. He gives them a 10 out of 10. They're spicy, and to be honest, I was shocked at how much he loved them because they're so spicy. He can eat a whole bowl of them at once. Anyway, where was I? Plants. When we provide our bodies with a rainbow on a daily basis, we're fueling our cells, providing a foundation for preventing chronic diseases or reversing chronic diseases, changing our genetic expression, fueling our bodies with cancer-fighting nutrients. Food really is medicine. How many cups of vegetables and fruits are you eating every day? Most people are eating minimal vegetables and fruits. Are you getting enough variety of plants? Did you know that the color matters? Are you getting in a variety of color? I know that I mostly consumed green vegetables and rarely got in any other colors. Now, I make it a point to shop by color. I challenge myself to get in every color every day and also different fruits and vegetables as they provide different compounds that our bodies need, that our microbiome need. Research shows that phytonutrient-rich foods supports a healthy immune system, brain health, detoxification, cardiovascular health, If you're looking to optimize your health, eating more plants is crucial. We've talked about this before on the show. It is worth mentioning again. Dr. Terry Walls, a brilliant physician, functional medicine doctor, she put her multiple sclerosis in remission by eating on average 9 to 11 cups of vegetables every day. That is how powerful plants are. Number three. Buy organic. This will be a controversial topic. Do I believe vegetables, whether organic or not, are better than no vegetables? Uh, yes. Do I believe, and does the research show us, that eating organic will lead to better health? Absolutely. And let me tell you why. Conventionally grown fruits and vegetables are heavily sprayed with synthetic chemicals herbicides, pesticides. These chemicals are not just on the surface of the plants. They're absorbed into the plants. 
You can't simply wash them off when you get them home from the grocery store and you get rid of these chemicals. We know that exposure to pesticides, herbicides, occupationally, increases the risk of type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's disease, cancer. There's a greater risk for childhood lymphomas and leukemia when a pregnant mother is exposed to these chemicals. It blows my mind that we are okay conventionally to consume them. I'm about to get very controversial. When we're consuming conventionally grown fruits and vegetables, they are not as nutrient-dense as their organic counterparts. This is argued in the literature, but newer research shows higher antioxidants in organic foods, which are crucial for combating free radicals and reducing chronic diseases and cancer. Plus, conventional produce contains synthetic chemicals. How could this possibly be nutritious? We are years behind what the truth is regarding our food supply in America. There's research that shows herbicides like glyphosate, chelate minerals, meaning it depletes the soils, the plants, of crucial minerals. When we consume fruits and vegetables that have been sprayed with herbicides, what happens to our bodies? What is glyphosate doing inside of our body? Are we becoming depleted of minerals through chelation? I would argue yes. And unless I see clear evidence that it does not, I am not willing to risk consuming this toxic herbicide. I'm not going to go too far into the weeds on herbicides, pesticides today. I spoke in depth about xenobiotics in episode three. If you have not listened to this episode, you need to. It is a critical topic to understand, to raise your awareness. If you're looking for the most nutritious foods you can fuel your body with, foods that will optimize your health and ultimately lead to healthy, maintainable weight, buy organic foods. Number four, eliminating or drastically reducing processed, refined carbs and sugar. I know this may sound dreadful, but if you truly want to feel better, to have more energy, to have more resiliency, getting away from sugars and refined carbs will help you achieve your goals. I talked about sugar and carbs in episode five, and you guys really love that episode. If you missed it, go back and listen as it is highly informative. Many of you wrote to me and said it was eye-opening. Our bodies do not need added sugar. They will impact your metabolic health. And yep, you guessed it, your weight. I used to eat sweet tarts every day. I drank many cans of Coke per day. I feel so much better since I stopped consuming sugar. It is unreal. Does this mean you can't ever eat delicious things? Of course not. I also don't believe in perfection. We're all human. I am far from perfect, and at times, I do consume a small amount of sugar. I do occasionally eat a cookie or a piece of cake, but I do not consume these hyper-palatable foods on a regular basis. I also prefer to make these treats myself, so I can control what's in them. 
I prefer using unrefined sugars like maple syrup, coconut sugar, or dates. These days, I actually prefer using monk fruit. Monk fruit is a natural, non-calorie sweetener that's made from a plant, and that does not, in my opinion, have the same aftertaste as stevia. There's research that discusses that monk fruit may even have anti-cancer properties. I'm not going to go too far into this topic today, as I will be doing a whole episode on artificial sweeteners and sugar alternatives in the future, so be sure you are subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. Refined carbohydrates do not give us the necessary fuel for cellular health. They're stripped of vitamins and minerals, unless, of course, you buy fortified refined carbs that use synthetic vitamins and minerals, which is not the same as consuming complex carbs. I was just talking to a friend yesterday about the food industry, refined carbohydrates, and marketing. I remember buying Cheerios back in the day and thinking I'm doing something good for my body. There is nothing heart healthy about processed foods. I see foods so differently now. I don't have the same cravings either. Processed foods don't taste good to me anymore. Refined carbohydrates and sugars will impact your goals for better health and also for weight loss. It takes more time and thought to avoid processed foods and make your own meals from whole ingredients, but the trade-off, the way I feel, is so worth it. Processed foods are linked with ADHD, Alzheimer's disease, anxiety and depression, autoimmune diseases, obesity, cancer. Processed foods simply cannot provide our bodies with necessary macros for optimal health. Number five, moderate daily exercise with special attention to strength training. We need muscle. Muscle is an integral part of healthy metabolism. I never used to be, but now I am a huge fan of resistance training as our longevity is linked with muscle. I used to think that cardio leads to weight loss. Excessive cardio may actually lead to weight gain. A good rule of thumb is to aim for 30 minutes of movement every day. This could be walking, yoga, Pilates. I like to run around six miles twice a week and mix in a HIIT workout one to two times a week with strength training, usually around three times a week. I used to run every day. I weigh less now than when I engaged in strenuous cardio on a daily basis. My husband has a background in fitness training. This was years ago. Remember, he lost 63 pounds this year, and he did not change anything about his exercise. His job is very physical, but he did not add in any additional fitness routine. This is seriously mind-blowing. This is how impactful food and lifestyle are. He did not start doing crazy cardio requiring hours of time a day. He's at a place now where he wants to incorporate fitness into his everyday life. This will only 
optimize his health. Number six, good sleep. What do we say about sleep? Well, I spoke in depth, my friend, in depth last week, all about sleep. Episode nine, if you missed it, we discussed the importance of all the stages of sleep. Poor sleep can dramatically impact our hormones and negatively affect our metabolism. One poor night of sleep can cause cravings for sweets and other processed foods. Poor sleep is linked with weight gain. If you're looking to optimize your health, you need restful sleep every day. You need to make sleep a priority. Sleep is a vital component of a healthy lifestyle. And remember, lifestyle is not a diet or a New Year's resolution. It's a way of life. It takes a little time to create a new lifestyle, but after a while, it's not hard. It actually becomes easy because it's simply what you do. Ensuring you are getting at least six and a half hours, preferably seven to eight hours of sleep per night will help you achieve optimal health and a healthy weight. Number seven, mindfulness practice. Our brains are very powerful. Did you know that if you tell yourself you will not do X, Y, or Z, you won't? If you embark on a change and you don't believe in what you're doing, you will not succeed. Did you know that your microbiome actually hears your thoughts? That is insanely powerful. What would happen if instead of negative self-talk, you told yourself positive affirmations? What would happen if you allowed yourself to free your mind of self-doubt? Notice how I used the words, allow yourself. This was intentional. You are the only one who can do this for yourself. I remember feeling so overwhelmed. I remember way back when, growing up and having such sadness. Not all the time, but a lot of the times. I remember thinking that I must be broken, that I've been through too much, and I will never be normal, whatever that means. There is a term used in healthcare, ACE, Adverse Childhood Experiences. ACEs is a crucial component of functional medicine, and frankly, it is oftentimes ignored in conventional healthcare, unless, of course, you're seeing a mental health mental health specialist. Our minds cannot be separated from our bodies. There is a strong connection between our minds and our microbiome, the gut-brain connection. What are you telling yourself? I stopped telling myself that I'm broken. I have stopped telling myself that I'm not good enough. I choose a different story. My story is also not finished yet. I am still here. I can still change my pathway. I can choose a trajectory filled with happiness. I don't have to be that sad, broken child anymore. This is not said to diminish the experiences you've been through. No one else in the world, not siblings, not anyone, has your story. You are unique. 
I know it's not as simple as saying, now I'm fine, especially with childhood trauma or trauma at any point in your life. I'm saying that you're the only one who has any control over your thoughts, especially self-thoughts. This is why this section is called mindfulness practice. It's not just being mindful. It's not that simple. This takes time. It takes practice. When I work with my patients on goal setting, mindfulness practice is an integral part of it. What are you going to do on a daily basis to work at mindfulness? What are you able to do? I worked with a health coach at the beginning of 2022. She was simply wonderful. She wouldn't let me steer away from mindfulness. She told me to start a daily practice, looking in the mirror and saying out loud to myself, I am okay. All is well with my world. I am loved. I laughed when she told me to do this. I said to her, you can't be serious. There is no way I'm saying that. She asked me to try it. She asked me to say it right then and there out loud. I did it because frankly, I wanted the conversation to end about that topic. She asked me how it felt. I told her I didn't know. I wasn't sure because I wasn't. It felt odd. She asked me each week when we spoke how this was going. And I said things like, it's going good. It's been great. Yada, yada, yada. After a few times of asking me this, she said, how is it really going? I told her the truth. I wasn't doing it. She asked me, what do I think would happen if I actually started doing this on a daily, ba- on a daily basis? I was speechless. Honestly, I didn't know. It was several days later, and I was in the shower, and I said those words to myself. No one else was there, just me. I said this affirmation three times to myself. After I said the last sentence, I am loved the third time, I had tears in my eyes. I quickly put my face back under the water, got out of the shower, and proceeded to not think about what happened in the shower. It was several days later that I was getting ready in the morning. I was putting on eyeshadow, looking in the mirror, and I thought about what happened in the shower. I thought about the mantra, the affirmation. I thought about how I told myself I wasn't going to think about that moment. And I like, like a switch, turned that off and went about my day for days. I thought about how powerful my mind was. I had the power to stop thinking about this uncomfortable task. I had the power to shift my mindset and block those thoughts and emotions. As I looked at my reflection, I said those words. I am okay. All is well with my world. I am loved. I said them, I don't even know how many times, looking at my reflection. This time, I did not shed a tear. I smiled. I smiled at myself. I continued this affirmation every day. I looked at myself and I said those words until one day I looked in the mirror and I said, yes, 
I am, and yes, it is. I looked at myself, and for the first time in I have no idea how long, I believed it. I don't say this anymore every day. I do say this when I'm feeling stressed or sad. I say this when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I have to tell you, it works. This practice, mindfulness practice, works. I no longer feel broken. If anything, I know I am not. I am whole. I am everything I always thought I was not. If you don't believe me, try it. What do you have to lose? What do you have to gain? Okay, guys, let's talk about supplements. I've mentioned this before, but the brand matters, the brand, the dose, and the length of time taking a supplement. This list will not be exhaustive, and it's in no particular order. Omega-3 supplement. Omega-3s provide anti-inflammatory properties and may reduce cardiovascular risks. Are you getting enough omega-3s in your life? I eat fish, and I still take an omega-3 supplement. Omega-3s are also very helpful with lowering triglycerides. If you take an omega-3 supplement, can you continue to consume highly processed foods high in omega-6s and it will offset that inflammation? No. Supplements are not a replacement, remember. Not a replacement for a healthy lifestyle, but they can help. They can supplement a healthy lifestyle. Probiotics. I am a huge fan of high-quality probiotics, both bacteria and yeast probiotics. I use a combination of several strains of lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, and also Saccharomyces boulardii. We talked about last week lactobacillus gasseri, and that studies have shown it can improve sleep. And we know sleep is an integral part of optimal health. I am thinking that I will change my probiotic regimen and include one that has lactobacillus gasseri in it as well. I do think it can be helpful to change the types of probiotics from time to time that you take. I also do not necessarily think we should be taking probiotics every day. The foods we eat feed the microbes. Let me restate that. The foods we eat feed the microbes. So I suggest going heavy on color, lots of colorful produce every day to keep your microbiome happy. A B complex. I think ensuring we are getting enough of B vitamins is key for optimizing our health. B vitamins are important energy vitamins, mood vitamins. They also are crucial for methylation. For optimal health, we need healthy estrogen metabolism. I typically recommend recommend that my patients take a B-complex every day. Calcium D-glucarate is another supplement I oftentimes will recommend. Detoxification is a crucial part of optimized health. There's an enzyme in our gut called beta-glucuronidase. This enzyme, if upregulated, will inhibit detoxification of toxins, 
and hormone metabolites and will recirculate them. We do not want crusty estrogens recirculating. I mentioned this previously on the show. I did a stool test on myself that showed I had off-the-charts beta-glucuronidase activity. Adding in calcium D-glucurate has significantly reduced my menstrual cramps and lower leg swelling. When we have elevated beta-glucuronidase activity, we have a greater risk for breast cancer, prostate cancer, and even colon cancer. I do recommend having testing done whenever possible, though. I knew that I had this problem, so I included this supplement. I will be repeating my stool test this coming year and see where I stand with all of these modifications that I've made to improve my health. Milk thistle. The active ingredient in milk thistle is silymarin. Silymarin may help lower blood sugar, assist with liver detoxification, help with gallbladder issues, and also improve indigestion. It's been used for over 2,000 years in herbal medicine, and I feel that the research is strong, particularly in regards to the liver. Green tea. Green tea is filled with powerful antioxidants and phytonutrients. Green tea has also been shown to not only increase energy, but reduce appetite. I like matcha. I add matcha, ceremonial grade matcha, to my smoothie every morning. Chili peppers. Chili peppers contain a compound called capsicum. This compound can help relieve pain, particularly pain associated with neuralgias, nerve pain. It's also been shown to help with pain associated with joints and muscles, particularly with rheumatoid arthritis. And it increases fat mobilization. We want our fat mobilized. Alpha-lipoic acid is a powerful antioxidant fighting free radicals. And there is some evidence showing that alpha-lipoic acid can also help regenerate other antioxidants in the body for a more powerful attack against free radicals. They may also help with lowering glucose, therefore help with carbohydrate metabolism. Conjugated linoleic acid, also known as CLA, can help regulate lipid metabolism and decrease the size of fat cells. However, There is not enough research on this supplement. And there's also studies showing it can increase oxidative stress and also raise insulin resistance. At this point in time, I think it's too risky to add to your daily supplements. I wanted to mention CLA today because it is out there in the fitness world and there is a lot of buzz about it. For optimal health, We don't want greater insulin resistance or oxidative stress. There are plenty of other supplements that may or may not be beneficial. I wanted to give you guys a few of my favorites, the ones I recommend and also take or have taken in the past. As with any supplement or medication, the way you will react may not be the way I have or someone else. 
you may have a sensitivity to one of these or may have negative side effects. I do feel these are relatively safe to use with minimal side effects, unless of course you're allergic to something in the supplement. I hope you found this episode helpful. We are all capable of change, capable of whatever we set our mind to doing. I hope you have a great rest of your day and start of the new year, and I will see you very soon. Love you guys.